The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn presents. Something we see a lot as couples therapists, you know, people come into our office and the first thing they do is point their finger at their partner and say, fix this person, they're broken, they're the problem. And really what John and I do through each one of these concepts is get to the place where we can say, what's your part? How is it that I can look inward, notice what's coming up for me, own my portion in this? And then through doing that, you allow a safe space for your partner to potentially do the same if they so choose. Happy Friday. This is a new episode of The Next Big Idea Daily, and I'm your host, Michael Kovnat. Aren't relationships hard? I don't care if you're single or celebrating your 50th anniversary, you've almost certainly discovered the truth that interpersonal intimacy is one of life's most challenging projects. Self-proclaimed relationship experts are everywhere, but how many of them can claim to have fully analyzed their own relationships? John Kim and Vanessa Bennett are a couple of therapists who are also a couple. By studying their own romance, they've discovered timeless tactics for making relationships work, and they join us today to share some of those tactics as found in their new book, It's Not Me, It's You, Break the Blame Cycle, Relationship Better. Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a licensed marriage family therapist. My name is Vanessa Bennett. I'm also a licensed marriage and family therapist. We've been programmed by Disney and romantic comedies that once you find your quote-unquote the one, then you have reached the island, that from there it's going to be easy, and that is completely not true. The truth is there is no happily ever after. There is rebuilding, there is evolving, there is working on relationships, but just because you find someone that you want to invest in doesn't mean the work is over. Right. And the problem with this concept of the one is also that for a lot of people, it's an escape hatch. It's an eject button when things get hard. It's a thing to hide behind when they don't want to put the hard work or investment into the relationship that they're in. So we like to say that the one is the one standing in front of you that you're choosing to love right now. Fight without fighting. So it's not about how many times you fight. It's about how you fight. And the problem is we never are taught how to fight in a healthy way. So we grow up and we get into relationships and we become walking reactions. We steamroll people and we don't fight fairly. The thing is, is that most of us graduated high school knowing geometry And yet that's not what we use day to day. You know, whether you steamroll, like John said, or whether you're like me and you're conflict avoidant and you shut down and you sweep things under the rug or you don't rock the boat, either way, they're very unhealthy patterns that we need to be able to break in in order to have healthy relationships. So in our book, we go into what that looks like in practice. Things to ask yourself, tips, tools. When we hear clients say, that we never fight, that's actually a red flag. Fighting is normal. Conflict is okay. It's natural. There's no way you're going to never fight. To me, when someone says we never fight, it means that people are hiding. So it's not about 
not fighting. It's about fighting in a healthy way. It's about creating a safe space so people are heard and understood, and that produces relationship glue, and it stops the blame and gets people to take ownership. Try to understand before trying to be understood. This concept was really a game changer for me personally. Before meeting John, like I said, I'm a bit conflict avoidant. And so for me, I would shut down and not really be able to tolerate or handle the intense feelings that came up for me during conflict. And so I just would avoid it at all costs. This idea of trying to understand before being understood helps me stay present in the current moment. It's almost become a mantra of mine when I am sitting across from my partner. I remember that curiosity and judgment cannot live in the same space. So if I'm being curious and I'm attempting to understand where he's coming from, I'm really going to be shutting down that area of my brain that's attempting to judge and defend and come at him instead of with him. Yeah. And for me, I've been trying to be understood and not really making an effort to understand for most of my life. And because of that, I would go into relationships not willing to let go of the tug of war rope. I would go into arguments wanting to win. I would want to be right. And so once I started to try to understand my partner before trying to be understood, then I was able to put the shield down. I was able to be more empathetic. And when you are doing that, then of course you get the same from your partner. And now we can have an honest conversation. It neutralizes the space. It makes it safe. And for me, it's always been the intention when going into any conflict. Finding beauty in the contrast. This one is such an important lesson or concept to try to embody in not just our romantic relationships, but really in any relationship, right? So it takes a lot of practice and work, but essentially what ends up happening in dynamics is these things that we were drawn to, these things that we might've been attracted to in the beginning, the differences that this person embodied start to be the things that actually irritate us or bring us you know, discomfort. And so this practice is attempting to Find beauty in that. Find um, the allure and the draw of the different way that your partner approaches life or sees life rather than allow it to be the thing that irritates you about them. In the world that we live in, by default, if you don't make an effort to find beauty in your differences, you may check those differences as negative, as not a good fit. And it's a, an easy way out. And to bring it back to Vanessa and I, uh, we are very different. And in the beginning, it was a struggle for me um, to see those difference as a positive thing. I started to label those as that maybe she's not for me. And so the behavior from that was ambivalence. And that's why we started off uh, really rocky. And it wasn't until I started to not only appreciate, but to embrace not only to embrace, but to discover and then eventually find beauty in our differences that I started to lean into the relationship. And it made me be more present and have more gratitude and appreciation for my partner. This concept, as well as any of the concepts in our book, are not one and done. They are a daily practice, right? So for me personally, when I can become aware of 
am feeling a lot of annoyance toward or I'm registering or I'm nitpicking a lot of John's differences, whether it just internally or out loud, I have to stop and pay attention to what's going on for me internally. So a lot of the book, actually the crux of the book, is really on this idea of owning your part, right? Because we cannot have healthy dynamics if we're constantly pointing the fingers, our fingers at the other person. It's something we see a lot as couples therapists. You know, people come into our office and the first thing they do is point their finger at their partner and say, fix this person. They're broken. They're the problem. And really what John and I do through each one of these concepts is get to the place where we can say, what's your part? How is it that I can look inward, notice what's coming up for me, own my portion in this? And then through doing that, you allow a safe space for your partner to potentially do the same if they so choose. You're not doing the work for your partner to do the work. That's kind of an added benefit. You're doing it because you know that in order to have any healthy relationship, you need to be able to kind of look inward and own your 100%. Thank you, John and Vanessa. Well, everyone, I don't know if you have any weekend plans, but maybe you should spend a little time on your relationships. You won't regret it. Come on back next week when we'll have a new bunch of big ideas ready for you. Ideas that will hopefully make your week a little brighter. This week's episodes were written by me, Michael Kovnat, and edited by Caleb Bissinger. The next Big Idea Daily is part of the LinkedIn Podcast Network. We'll see you Monday.